Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. All right, we're going to round out our breakdown of the breakup of what's happening in Washington, D.C., and really get into positioning of what do we do next? Uh, What do we do with all of this, and how does it impact uh, what happens moving into the new year? Uh, Will the Biden administration recalibrate and shift their tactics a little bit? Uh, Or does this really become a feud rolling into the midterms on the Democratic side of the House? Uh, will it uh, just have them having a lot of uh, inter uh, intra-party battles as opposed to going back and forth with the Republicans? Will there be their own battles? Will be the bigger ones of 2022? Uh, we mentioned earlier in the program uh, just the scathing, blistering message that came out of the White House on Sunday when news of Senator Manchin's op- opposition to the Build Back Better Act uh, became public. Uh, it was it was blistering. It was scathing. It was very personal and very surprising. Again, I just I thought it was way over the top. And again, whether uh, you're for the bill or against the bill, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or an independent, just look at it strategically for a minute. This was a this was messy. Um, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was in the middle of the mess uh, in leading that. And then, of course, she had her daily press conference today as the press secretary. It was delayed by over an hour and 45 minutes, uh, which is never a good look, especially on a big messaging day. Uh, When she did emerge, uh, Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the White House's statement in response to Joe Manchin's opposition to Build Back Better was meant to be factual and to give an update on the status of the bill. Our intention, I think, if you look back to last Thursday, was to provide an update on the future of Build Back Better. Uh, And uh, I think it is not a secret uh, where there is opposition to Build Back Better moving forward and where there is support, which is the vast majority of the Democratic caucus. Uh, That was not intended to be uh, directive or hurtful, uh, but to be a statement of fact. Uh, So she she was really walking back. Again, the subtleties there are really important. (laughs) This was not to be personal. This was not to be an attack. This was just a statement of fact. Um, Hard to do that with a lot of the language that was within the bill, uh, or excuse me, was within the statement uh, that she issued yesterday. Now, Jan Psaki went on to lay out what the path forward is for the bill, which I think was a good move. 
Clearly, the next couple of weeks will be important and pivotal and certainly involve high-level staff engagements, involve the president uh, and his engagements directly with members. Uh, and we have been in, engaged with leadership, uh, with uh, members of the Senate and their staff uh, over the course of the 24, last 24 hours um, to talk about the path forward. You saw, I'm sure, uh, Leader Schumer's statement this morning, and we will stay in close touch and in close coordination with him and his team on uh, the path forward in January. And that was probably Jen Psaki's strongest moment, I think, uh, in the press conference was saying, look, here's where we are. Here's where we're going to go. Here's how we're going to do that. Uh, I thought that was really important. Now, interesting, she was asked by a reporter if the president would consider passing portions of the Build Back Better agenda, uh, not through legislation, but through executive action. In a press call this afternoon, Representative Jayapal Chair, uh, one of the House Progressive Caucus, called on President Biden to pursue executive action uh, to pass components of the Build Back Better legislation. Is this something that the White House would consider or even thinks is uh, a realistic possibility uh, to, to pass some of these elements? Well, I haven't had a chance to discuss uh, Representative Jayapal's call uh, with our legislative team. Uh, I'm not aware of that being under discussion. Obviously, we have used executive authority and executive action for a range of steps to make a range of progress, and the president has not hesitated to do that. The benefit of legislation is obviously it makes it permanent, so uh, there's a lot of value in that, uh, but I can see if that's uh, something more under active consideration. Most important thing she said there as it relates to executive action she said legislation makes it permanent, and that's the important part of that equation. Uh, we know that the president has done a number of things by executive order, and you just have to remember, whether you are a Democrat or a Republican, what gets done by executive order gets undone by executive order, and it usually ends up hurting people and the process moving forward. And we've seen that. We've, th- we've seen things that were done during the Obama administration by executive order. They were overturned and changed by President Trump by executive order. And now they've been re-undone by President Biden by executive order. The other thing that happens in that process is when something is done by executive order, uh, often because of uh, Congress's inability to do their job, So the president says, well, look, if you're not going to do it, if you're going to abdicate your power and authority to me, I'll take it. And so then presidents act by executive order. And the moment they do that, somebody files a lawsuit. And then the lawsuits start working their way up through the courts. We're watching that with the mandates for employers that have over 100 employees and the vaccination mandate. It was done by executive order or by rule. Immediately, you had... Lawsuits filed, and now we're just working our way through the courts. And one court will uphold it, and the next one will overturn it, and the next one will stay it, and the next one will reinstate it. And it works its way all the way to the Supreme Court. And so when we wonder why it is so political when people are appointed to the Supreme Court, there's a reason. And the reason is when Congress doesn't do their job and presidents act through executive order, the courts become everything and it becomes massively political. So if we want to depoliticize the court, Congress needs to do its job and the presidents need to be very, very careful about using executive orders. 
Uh, it is not a governing principle. And usually it just ends in a lot of uncertainty. We've seen that with federal lands here in the state. As I mentioned, we've seen it recently uh, and still ongoing as it relates to vaccination mandates. Uh, and so you have to be very careful. So the progressive wing of the Democratic Party is saying, yes, Mr. President, just do this by executive order. Uh, I'm telling you that would be bad for Democrats and it would be bad for the country. Uh, if Democrats want to hold on to power in 2022, having the president do a host of things through executive ac- action is not going to be a winning strategy for them. Now, Jen Psaki was also asked during her press conference today why President and why Senator Manchin can't come to an agreement uh, when Senator Manchin wants to pursue bipartisan policy changes. Here's her response. The president would welcome uh, Republicans uh, joining this effort to lower the cost of child care, to make sure that families aren't paying thousands of dollars for insulin, to make sure people can afford care for their parents and loved ones. Um, he would welcome that. Uh, I think it's not a secret that opposition is driven by the concern by many in the Republican Party that they don't want to raise taxes on corporations and highest income. That's not a secret, but certainly we'd welcome support or engagement from any Republicans uh, in this effort to get this done. Again, a whole lot to unpack there. A lot of it uh, bumper sticker slogan wear uh, in terms of the opposition uh, taxing the rich. We talked about that right off the top today uh, in terms of who is paying their fair share and who is not. And uh, again, those bumper stickers make it pretty easy. Uh, But again, it doesn't advance the conversation. Uh, Finally, Jen Psaki was asked if the president still wants to work with Joe Manchin. Here's her reply. The last uh, sentence of my two sentences of the statement was, but we will not relent in the fight to help Americans with their child care, health care, prescription drug costs and elder care. The fight for Build Back Better is too important to give up. We will find a way to move forward next year. It also made clear that we absolutely want to work with Senator Manchin and all Democrats to get this done. Okay, so again, a lot of explaining there by Jen Psaki, which I think is part of the reason why the press conference was delayed by an hour and 45 minutes. And, of course, the rule in politics is always if you are explaining, you're losing. Uh, It is also true, and we point out regularly, if you are complaining about the rules or the referees, you're probably losing. And that is just as true for football, basketball, baseball, and politics. It's all the same. If you're complaining about rules and you're complaining about what the referees are doing or not doing, uh, you're not winning. If you're winning, you're winning. And and that is actually how you win, by the way. is not worry about who's what the referee's doing. Worry about what you're doing and moving forward. Uh, I did think it was interesting, too, that, uh, that Jen Psaki said, look, we, we want to keep working with Senator Manchin. So they really had to be specific there. And I, I've mentioned this before. Uh, if the Democrats think it is hard to get the president's agenda passed uh, with a 50-50 Senate, imagine trying to get that agenda passed if the Republicans – were in control in a 51-49 Senate. Uh, So you have to be careful about your battles. You have to be careful about your messaging. And so to bring this conversation full circle, we've talked policy, we've talked politics, we've talked communication strategy. And the most important thing is that neither Republicans or Democrats are focused on the people. And that's what it's got to be about in the end. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. 
But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.